0: Want to hone your craft as a digital marketer and get expert insights from thought leaders and industry experts? Welcome to the How I Work podcast. I'm your host, Josh Passera, founder and president of Agurian. Follow us on Twitter at @aguriantweets or subscribe to our YouTube channel for more great content. Now, here's the episode of the podcast. Hey, this is Josh Passera from Agurian. I'm here with Tom Kenchalo from SureSwift Capital. Tom, You should tell us a little bit about SureSwift because I think you have a, and your job there, because I think you have a cool job and I think it's a cool company. So can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I've been with SureSwift almost Three years now. I joined SureSwift through an acquisition in 2016. So I was the head of growth on a product called Mail Parser. It's an email parsing solution that basically allows you to take emails that are structured in nature, like a form request, like a shopping cart uh, receipt, et cetera, et cetera, and extract that data and pipe it over to either through our native integrations or through Zapier or something else to basically the tools that you that you use every day and so through that acquisition I stayed on on Mailparser and then Kevin our CEO asked me to lean in a little more heavily on a couple of other products in our portfolio we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 products in our portfolio
0: and they're all SaaS right if i'm not mistaken
1: No, we have a little bit of diversification in regards to, we have a portfolio, if you will, of SaaS, a portfolio of content, so ad-based revenue or partner affiliate type revenue properties. And then we also have EdTech, which is a combination of, some of them are content and recurring revenue, either yearly or monthly, and then some are just purely recurring revenue subscriptions. So we'd envision it in those silos, uh, EdTech. SaaS, and even though there's some cross-pollination of those two, and then the content sites.
0: Yeah, I just think it's great because your experiences with like multiple, you're not just a one company, one brand guy. Like you are working on and managing and growing a number of different products at one time. So I think you have a really great experience in this area. So you know, this interview is set up as four pretty short questions. So the first one is, where are you investing your marketing dollars and seeing great returns?
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, we don't have one brand that we're we're working around. So we've got in the neighborhood of 30 brands. So it's not really a one size fits all. But one of the things we've made a really concerned effort to be able to track and use to base our decisions off is data. So that means that we're ensuring that Google Console, Tag Manager, and Analytics are all set up and and reporting data accurately so that when we are pursuing, whether it's paid acquisition, social, email marketing, like the data that we're receiving is accurate and that we can base decisions off of it. So One of the first things we do whenever we acquire property is we go bring our team in that sets that up, make sure that it's adjusted to the SureSwiftian standards, because every founder that we've acquired a property from has has set it up a little different. So we get a universal, I guess you would say, playbook there.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, data is hugely important. We both know it. So it sounds like you're using... The, uh, some of the Google stack to Google Analytics, Tag Manager, Search Console. Are there any other tools that you are finding really valuable? Stuff that we will occasionally put on sites are like, there's a company called MouseFlow, and so that's going to do like session tracking and recording and heat maps on pages to see where people are clicking, uh, click maps, things like that. Do you, do you guys use any other tools to get data or any other marketing automation stuff, things like yeah. that?
1: Yeah, we do. Our go-to for kind of the scenario you just described is Hotjar. We use that for okay. click tracking, user behavior, heat maps, a survey, polling our user base, whether they're paid users or whether they're somebody trialing the product. Okay. And using that intel that we gather to make optimizations to the the way the pages are laid out, to the... The look and feel of the pages, using the survey data to inform our marketing on-page content, be it content strategy, be it the wording in our website. So that's something we use pretty heavily. And yeah, we are using the Google tool set because A, it's super cheap. And we're like, we're a community of bootstrappers. For those that aren't familiar with that term, it's self-funded. It's your own sweat and blood, or maybe you borrowed something from your, you know, great-grandmother or something. But for the most part, it's people doing it and they're the CEO and they're the customer support lead and they're doing sales and they're trying to strong arm their way through marketing automation or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And so we've immersed ourselves in that ecosystem and really like it because it's really accountable. Yep. Uh, we're not dropping a thousand dollars a month on some product that we can get for free. Maybe it's not a Ferrari, but it'll give us the insight that we need to base the decisions that we feel make a lot of sense for the business. Yeah, Hotjar is one that we use a lot. And then there's standard tools that we use for help desks that allow us to tag and triage tickets a certain way to aggregate that data to use as our feature roadmap. customer support responses, maybe to be more sensitive to our pricing or competition awareness. People will sure. mention sometimes, oh, does this or so-and-so does that. And once you start to see the volume, it gives you an opportunity to make sure, not that we aren't proactively looking at our competition, but what's
0: going on in the market. Yeah. Super smart way to listen yep. to the customers. Yeah. Yeah. That's at great. So- helped,
1: Help Scout mostly for that. Help Scouts are really light uh, product that really allows us to use the support desk wisely. And it has a lot of in-house integrations that you can pipe stuff to Slack or you can do all kinds of thing in app so that you can look at your your customer metrics while you're servicing the customer instead of having to log into a different platform and look them up and all those types of things. Yeah, great. It works and well
0: then email us. I assume is probably a big, there's probably a big role there. So what are you using yeah. with? for email mostly?
1: It's a good It's a good question. We probably have six or seven different platforms that we sure. use because we inherit whatever the founder had. Whenever is possible, we streamline it and standardize. And there's a handful that we use depending on how we interact with the, the client base, whether we're just sending newsletters and updates and tips or if we're doing in-app interactive push messaging or... Right. Or event event based actions. Customer Customer IO is one that I've used uh, pretty heavily with some of the founders that I've worked with, and I really like that because we can use it for marketing, but we can also use it for in app experience and use really um, intelligent events to give people the feeling that we're here to support them. So, for example, if somebody's in the app and they click on a a certain integration, like we can trigger two hours later to send, hey, Josh, did you find the answer to the solution you were looking for in regards yeah. to said integration? And it, yeah. it doesn't feel like a robot to them. They're like, right. hey, yeah, I found it or no, I didn't. And, and so it really helps you keep them engaged, answer questions, keeps the volume on the desk high of relevant chatter as opposed to like, how do I use this product? It's sure. targeted and it's purposeful and it shows them that you care about their experience. So.
0: Yeah, that's great. Sounds like a great product. Another question that I'm going to be asking everyone who does this interview series with me is around like what your biggest challenges are today. And then any new marketing ideas or experiments that you're really excited about for 2020. So first challenges and what you think is going to be super exciting in 2020, what you're working on.
1: Yeah. My answer may be different than some of your other call colleagues that you'll be interviewing. Like from, from my standpoint, what's, what's really exciting. Like we've never really at scale for our portfolio properties pursued any kind of referral based marketing whatsoever. We have one, one, maybe two products that do it. One exceptionally well, something around 40% of the new accounts come in from referral marketing. Another one, it's just a drip, but, it would be nice to find somewhere in between there that you could land and get those, those referrals coming in from people who have successfully used the product because those are great brand advocates. So How are you
0: incentivizing? Like what's, what kind of incent in incentives does, do people have on the one that's working right now? What, why are people making those referrals, would you say? Yeah, it's, it's does different. Does they love it so much or is there anything else? Yeah,
1: part of it. So the one that it's working really well on is because yes, they love the product so much. And it's a really tight community that they can't really even fathom what they did without it. And having the opportunity to put that in a colleague's hand, even if they didn't get any compensation in return, seems like something that they would be willing to do. That said, we comp them, I think it is a month and a discount on their, their subscription. So yeah. It's something that cost of acquisition from that type of marketing is, is really competitive. So it's a no-brainer. On some of the other ones, it's you can get a bump up to a higher grade plan. So so, so there's people who want more of your product, but they don't, oh, that's gonna be yeah, another Upgrade set. might be a little much. <laughs> right, so the upgrade may be a little bit much. And if you have the opportunity to send two or three people their way that stick as customers, you can bump them up to a higher consumption plan. And so we just try to find things that, they want without having to really discount the product, give them more of something, maybe give them a month free those types of things, but we've never really nailed it um, and so that's something I'm actually pretty excited about what's our biggest challenging that challenge today was one of the questions you asked yeah, yeah it's interesting like <clears throat> the ecosystem uh has become quite polluted in the last fifteen years that I've been working on Google AdWords for example, or yeah. spending spending money on facebook or. So the costs are going up um, significantly in regards to what you pay and what you get in return. There's click fraud. There's all types of other nasty stuff out there that can corrupt your expenses, bottom line. It's finding these new opportunities, right? Like most of these markets that you're in with your specific products, like you you can feel when you're reaching the saturation point based on your month over month or year over year growth. And it may be because you've tapped out the total addressable market or... It may be because you've just tapped out the addressable market of people that know you given your existing channels. So for me and the team that we work with, we have a great growth team at Sureswift Capital. We also have a great marketing team. We are very much like working together and solving these things together. So whether it's Ma- Marvin sharing some insights, he's the head of our growth team about, I think this is an opportunity for this product. Has anyone else in the portfolio tried this? We can share those collective learnings and then go out. So what's the biggest challenge? Like the biggest challenge is finding what's next when you've started to reach kind of the growth ceiling, but at the same time, find it before you reach the growth ceiling. So you can also juice that in there and amplify the growth. So it just keeps going. It's not very fun when it hits and then it goes up and then it hits and then it goes up. It would be nice to keep it going up to the right. Um,
0: More like a rocket ship, just more straight up actually, but no, I get it.
1: I'm happy with sustained growth. Uh doesn't have to be the old proverbial hockey stick. It's nice that it grows solidly and that your expenses maybe decrease at the rate cuz you're built to scale more efficiently and so you can yeah. put away more if you grow more. Yeah. If that makes sense. That's- that's
0: super smart. I really appreciate the time. Some of what you were just saying about like finding the next new platform or trying to figure out where the, the channel that maybe has been untapped is, is really reminded me of like at Agurian, we use this bimodal approach to doing our, the digital for our clients, where we have this core of publishers, tactics, strategies that we know work and will deliver the kinds of returns that we need but then we have this edge, which is like this testing ground where we can just, hey, let's put some stuff out on Reddit. Let's try Reddit and see what happens. And many times those tests will fail, but if there is a test that comes back that actually is delivering like a better return on ad spend, if that's our KPI, then we pull that new test into the core and we maybe eliminate something in the core that isn't performing quite as well as that new test. So Anyway, I do think that um in this day and age, you always have to be testing new publishers, new platforms, different ways to get at that audience and find where they're hanging out online. So, sounds like you got a lot of fun things to look forward to in 2020 and I really uh, appreciate the time. So, this is our first edition of these one-on-one SAS Conversations. I thank you, Tom, for being the guinea pig.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Josh. I enjoyed it. You're a company that has a portfolio, being able to take one learning from one property and apply it to someone else without really having to go through the pain of discovery for that other product is a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. Right.
0: Yep, yep. Our teams do exactly what your teams do. They're all working on different accounts and they try different things and then they share that wisdom back and forth and figure out what is what did you do that worked that might be applicable to the account I'm working on. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right, Tom, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so All much. Right. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good one. Right. Take it easy. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the How I Work podcast with Josh Becerra. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe. To learn more about Agurian and for more digital marketing tips and insights, head to agurian.com.